Hi there, this is Roma Waterman and you're listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. I'm believing this podcast will help you to understand and flow in the power of Holy Spirit-led worship in your church and in your private worship time. In this podcast, you're going to get a big dose of theological foundations, personal stories and practical applications that you can implement straight away to activate the power of prophetic worship that will bring healing, breakthrough and deliverance in your communities and your personal life. I hope as you listen, you'll also feel inspired and empowered. This is Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. Hi, my friends. I'm so glad you're joining me today on Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. Today, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite topics. Do I start every podcast saying that? Probably. (laughs) But this one is around how to turn spontaneous moments into structured songs. One of my favorite things to do. So I'm going to share some 10 thoughts that will give you some ideas on how you can do this yourself. I'm going to talk about the characteristics of this type of song. What does it actually mean? And I'm also going to share with you one of my songs that started as a spontaneous moment and just share my process of how I turned it into a structured song. So I'm really looking forward to this one today because I feel like this whole idea of taking those spontaneous moments and growing them into something more is very, very powerful. It's heaven inspired and it's a powerful way to write songs. So in my earlier years as a songwriter, you know, I've been in the music industry and then in worship for a very, very long time. And in my earlier years as a songwriter, I never wrote like this. You know, my most common writing style was to, you know, write to a formula and I would find an inspired hook or lyric somewhere in there when they came. And then I would craft some sort of structure around it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I love the idea of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit leading the way. And he can lead the way in that kind of form. But we are finding more and more in our spontaneous worship times, in our services in particular, let's not miss these little things that we're grabbing because we're in the moment, we're in this time of worship and it's like a portal opens up, you experience the Holy Spirit and that sometimes these beautiful melodies come in those moments and because maybe we're not recording them or they're a little bit clunky or they're not completely finished, we do nothing with them. Well, what would happen if we took those moments and crafted songs around them? I know many people do this in the prophetic worship space and I want to show you how to do it today. So first things first, what does it mean to write spontaneously? Well, that just basically means you're singing or playing whatever comes out of your heart in times of private or corporate worship times or public gatherings really is a better way of explaining that. So whatever comes out of your heart that was unexpected, you maybe didn't think too much about it, after you sing it out or play it out, you might play a riff on an instrument and go, wow, that's actually beautiful. So that's that's an example of something spontaneously coming to you and then taking those ideas and using them as a basis for a structured song 
or using what you have and then turning it into a completed song. So why would you do that? Why do you want to turn them into structured songs, those spontaneous moments? Well, firstly, it's to capture what would otherwise be lost or forgotten. In fact, King David, there is the idea theologians think that he predominantly wrote the Psalms like this and that there were scribes that followed him around just to capture those spontaneous overflows of the heart. So this is nothing new. It might be an art that's lost or forgotten or maybe not used as much as we should, but you want to capture what would otherwise be lost or forgotten. Why else would you turn them into structured songs? Because they could be God-inspired words that can continue to be sung and heard over and over again. You know, spontaneous moments can be direct downloads from heaven and combining that download with the craft of songwriting, wow, what a powerful combination. And so, of course, it's important to know and understand structure. This is not a podcast on songwriting. We do have courses on songwriting in my online school, but, you know, obviously we need to learn the skill as well. But What we want to see is just a different approach to writing songs. And I really do believe that you can be a thoughtful, creative and disciplined worshipper that opens the doorway of the prophetic when you write like this. And I I often feel like too many creative people who love the prophetic, they actually truly never refine this as part of their gift. So I wanted to give you some ideas of how to do that today. Now, what are the characteristics of a spontaneous songwriting style? Well, often some of the things that I've noticed about this type of writing are this. Number one, the songs are very simple in melody and lyrics. It's something that's easy to sing over and over again, or you may only hear it once and you remember portions of it that you can sing along to. Very simple in melody and lyrics. They often contain one or two themes, so they're not crowded with too many ideas. And really, a good song should be that. It doesn't have too many ideas. The Another characteristic of a spontaneous writing style, sometimes they're very unexpected, the melodies and the words. You're, you're not actually looking for a song. You're looking to the one who gives the song. Your focus is on Jesus. And as you do that, there's just this ebb and flow of the melodies coming from heaven, from this realm of the unseen. They often can come quickly, although afterwards it still may take time to craft what has been entrusted to you. So I want to show you an idea from one of my songs and give you the process as I explain a little bit. I'm not going to play the whole song, but I'm going to show you a song called Footsteps of My Father, which was written out of a spontaneous moment. So let me set up the story for you. We were having these Friday night services at our church, and they were meant to be only small little kind of prayer worship nights. They were called Friday Night Fire, and they turned into something glorious. They were just beautiful because there was no agenda. There was no run sheet. We were just turning up and we were just leading a couple of worship songs and then just doing whatever the Lord wanted us to do. And it turned into a thing. It actually turned into this beautiful time of many people from all over Melbourne, where I'm from in Australia, coming to experience these times. Well, in one of these Friday night fires, as we came to uh, more of the prayer time and the spontaneous time, we'd done a couple of songs 
And I just started to play this little riff, what I'm going to play for you right now, that just started to just come. It just came out of nowhere. So let me play that for you. So I started to play this little riff that just came out of nowhere. It's what it felt like. And as I started to play this, I had an image. I saw a prophetic picture and I sang what I saw. I can hear the footsteps of my father. I can hear the footsteps of my God. I can hear the footsteps of my father. Walking through the hallways of my heart. And I probably sang those few lines over and over for about uh, maybe half an hour and that little piano riff. And I was doing that in response to what I was seeing in my mind. I had an internal prophetic vision and I could see the Lord walking through the room and I could hear his footsteps in the room and I could hear him and see him touching people and touching their hearts and lives. And, you know, it probably took me about two years I would sing this over and over again at home, just on my piano, because it, it just sort of caught my spirit. And I eventually realized the Lord was actually trying to show me, hey, Roma, this was a download from heaven. And now what I want you to do is I want you to turn this spontaneous moment into a structured song. So I took that chorus, I took that piano riff, and then I very carefully started to write some verses around it. And this is what the verses sounded like. So I went from that spontaneous moment, the spontaneous was the hook, and then I crafted these verses around that hook. There's no place I would rather be than in the arms of my Saviour God, my Daddy King. And then going back to the prophetic moment. And playing that little riff again. And then what I did is I created and crafted the whole song. And then once that was all done and we'd had the bed of the music, I actually sang spontaneously towards the end of the song. And honestly, it's my favourite part of the song. This is what happens. started to sing what I was seeing. I 
So here I'm singing in response to the internal vision in my heart. And then I start singing what I see. And so on. So that's a bit of an example of how you take a spontaneous moment and turn it into a structured song. And it's honestly my favorite way to write. Now, let's go into some of my 10 ideas that you can use to help you in doing this yourself. Number one, start your worship time with a well-known worship song. Sometimes it's very hard to enter this prophetic spontaneous gate straight off the bat. And so what I'll tend to do, and you can do this at home by yourself, or you can do this in a congregational type setting as well. But as you begin to sing to the Lord, sing a song that means something to you or a song that is easy for you and the congregation. If there's a congregation there to worship to, it can be a song that you've written. It could be a hymn or a song that's sung in church that people really know. And just it, we do this because it helps us to relax and to enjoy the Lord. We're not trying to do anything. So choosing a song that you're comfortable with, that you know well, that helps you walk into this prophetic moment. And they're popular and heartfelt for a reason, those types of songs. They, they make you come alive. They're prophetic songs as well. When you choose songs that are well-crafted and written for the moment, that is being prophetically led by the Lord. So there's certainly nothing wrong with using a well-crafted song, but starting with that and then just continuing to play into that and then moving into a spontaneous moment is a really great way to awaken that, like open that. I feel like a portal opens. There's some sort of like a thin place between heaven and earth that just opens up. And then once you feel that that's happened, you just start to enjoy the Lord. Don't have to fill it up and be busy. It can take time. It might be prayerful. There might be moments of prayer if you're doing this in a band, in a rehearsal setting. But that's a great way to enter into this spontaneous space. So starting your worship time with a well-known worship song. Number two, this is so important, record everything. You know, when you're leading worship or when you're singing to the Lord at home, even do this, just press record, just let it play, or at least have some sort of recording device available so that when you step into that, you're not going, oh, I've got to stop. I've got to press record and you ruin the moment. And, you know, I actually think this is a great idea for worship teams that are wanting to do this more. Record everything. Record your church services so that we have this culture. We develop this culture of the prophetic song being released. And then you can go back and listen to what you've released. And if you find something and it captures your heart again as you listen back, take that and write songs from it. It's a great habit and it also helps you. The other thing that's really great about recording everything is that it helps you to see where the stumbling blocks are as well. 
So you might go, oh, I noticed we fumbled there or we didn't know what to do there. Just It helps us to be constructive in us understanding how the prophetic flow works for us, both as a team and individually. So for example, you might notice that as you listen back, the band is overplaying, there's too much going on, or there's too many vocalists singing over and over each other, or maybe there's too many people trying to release a prophetic song because once you start to develop this prophetic culture in your teams, everyone's going to start doing it. And this helps us when you go back and you listen, this is how the congregation hears it. This You're hearing it from their point of view when you record everything. And all these things can hinder the song being released to its fullness. There's many dynamics happening in a service that we're actually often unaware of in the throes of worship. So record everything. Number three, listen, listen, listen. So listen back to these recordings. Listen back in the car, at home. Sometimes it even helps if it's just on in the background and you're not paying too much attention to it. You just let it fall over you. Let it sit with you. You know, I often find that I'm surprised when I listen back to something. Sometimes what I think was the main focus, you know, when I think on it, when I listen to it again, it's not really what God was highlighting at all. And this is how we mature in the prophetic. You know, sometimes things that I thought were standing out or when I'm singing it, I feel like it really resonates with me is not the highlight when I listen back. So you hear and see things from a different perspective as a listener than you would as a presenter. So listening to everything. Number four, look for hooks and themes. What's standing out to you? Is there a theme or is there a hook that emerges? And ask the Lord as you're listening to highlight what he wants to highlight. Normally that which attracts your attention is what the Lord is trying to show you is important. So go back and you might go, oh, there's a little hook there. There's three or four words I sing, or there's a riff playing on the guitar or the piano, or there's a melody that I'm singing when I hit that sort of part of my vocal range, you can hear something. So you want to flesh that out for want of a better word. Number five, write out the words. I actually find that using different ways or approaching these spontaneous moments differently. So one is listening. Another way is writing things down. You can It can really help with the songwriting process. So you don't just sing it. You don't just listen to it but you write it down. It helps you to look at a song from different angles. You might find that as you're writing those words out that you want to change a few words here and there. Now, I'm going to explain why you'll want to do that in a moment, why you would take a spontaneous moment and craft it a little bit and what the scriptures actually even can refer to. I'm going to read a scripture to you around this idea, but writing out the words and looking at them from a different perspective is very helpful. Number six, then you go and you choose three to four lines that you feel are important. What is the Lord highlighting to you as you look at these words, as you hear the melody? And instead of taking the whole spontaneous experience, because sometimes those spontaneous moments, especially if they go for 10 minutes, there's a lot of fluff in there, all right? And they're beautiful in the moment, 
but there might be three or four lines or a section that you can work it into a beautifully crafted song that brings the memory of what God's trying to do in a simpler way. Don't think you have to use everything because it was a moment of spiritual download. You know, sometimes the length of a spontaneous song is more about us trying to climb into what he's really trying to say. And it can take us a little while to really hear what he's trying to convey. And so we have to take that into account when we're listening to a whole spontaneous moment that may happen. Number seven, ask yourself this question, is it finished or does it need more work? Because sometimes you might find that a whole song from beginning to end comes out of those times. There are times where that happens. I've got friends who have written songs um, that were spontaneous from beginning to end and it was a completely finished song. Oh my goodness, don't we wish as songwriters we all could write like that? But a lot of times this is the rarity. I've written songs like that and I love when God does that. But also there's other places, there's other times when you have to pull it out. You have to like untangle all the threads and I wish that I knew the formula to have that type of song so that we could write like that all the time. I would give it to you if I had that formula, <laughs> but I don't have a formula for that. And I don't know why it sometimes happens like that. It's the grace of God. It's a favor of God. But it doesn't mean that these other spontaneous moments that need a little bit more work are not treasures. You still have to mine the treasure and find the gold. So my advice to you is just be open to either way that the Lord downloads this to you. Don't lose something because it's a little bit of work after you've had that spontaneous moment. And don't be afraid to refine it after you've received it. You know, I've had people say to me in workshops when we're um, teaching around this idea of spontaneous songwriting, I have people say, well, if the Lord gave it to me in that moment, I don't want to do anything with it. I don't want to refine a song because God gave it to me prophetically. I can't touch it. Well, you know, I remember asking my friend Dan O'McCullum about this once when I was really caught up in this and just starting to step into it. And I want to share with you something amazing that he shared with me that really helped me in this area. And it comes from the story of the parable of the talents, which is found in Matthew 25 verses 14 to 30. You've probably read these scriptures before. It's all about the man going on a journey and he calls his servants and he entrusts his property to them. He gives one five talents, another one two talents, and another one talent. And you know the story. He goes away, and um, the one man who receives the five talents goes at once, puts his money to work, and then he gets five more talents. You probably know where I'm going here. But then there's the one with the two talents. He does the same thing. He gains more, and he gets two more. But then the one with the one talent, what does he do? He goes off and he digs it in the hole so that when the master comes back, he still has that one talent. So what happens? The master comes back and the man who received five talents brings the other five to him and says, Master, this is in verse 20, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. What does the master say? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness and so on. All right. And then what happens to the man with the five talents 
you know, that puts his one talent in the ground and that's all that he has. This is what that servant says in verse 25. He says, I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground and here it is, what belongs to you? Well, what does the master say in verse 26? He says, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest at the very least, all right? And what does he do? He takes the talent from him and gives it to the one who has the 10 talents. And verse 29 ends with, for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Now, if I think about this scripture in terms of songwriting, this is what I think. We take that spontaneous moment and we go, the Lord gave me this. I can't touch it. It's like that guy with the one talent. He buries it in the ground and it doesn't return. It doesn't multiply. Sometimes you've got to take that seed. You've got to take that spontaneous moment and you have to multiply it. And even to the, you know, we could even take this scripture. I know talents means money in this scripture, but what about your talent as a songwriter, your talent as a singer, your talent as a prophetic worshiper, take that spontaneous moment and turn it into something so that when people hear that song, it is being multiplied. The favor and the blessing and the anointing is being multiplied. Oh, I get so excited about that idea. So that was all under point seven. Is it finished or does it need more work? Let's go to point number eight. Is this a song for the people? to the people or to the Lord. You know, it's not always a song for the people and it's not always a song to the people. Sometimes we can think the word prophetic means you're meant to be giving a word to someone or teaching a lesson or explaining something that God is wanting to say. But you know, the prophetic song is so much more than that. The prophetic song opens up vistas in the spirit. The prophetic song helps people see. And many of those songs can be simply love songs to the Lord. You're helping people express their love of him. You're giving them words that maybe they couldn't imagine or they're not as poetic as, as what you could sing or say. You know, there's a song that I wrote called With the Angels of Heaven from my album Release the Sound. I actually wrote that in a spontaneous moment of worship at home by myself. And it's just, we sing a new song with the angels of heaven. And it was one of the few times actually where, you know, we just talked about this before, where a whole song came out in complete sections during a time of worship. And there's many times as we worship that we're actually simply just hearing what is being sung in heaven. And we join with that as we sing it out. We may not even realize this is what's happening, but it's so powerful because as a worshiper, you're releasing the spiritual dimension into the natural dimension. So you can ask yourself that question. Is this a song for the people? Is it a song to the people? So is it for the people, for them to sing? Is it to the people? I am singing something for them to release something, or is it a song for the Lord? 
Now, I'll tell you one little technical aspect that can confuse this is when you try to include all those three things in one song, people actually get confused. If I'm singing to people, then I'm singing for them, and then I'm singing a song to the Lord, often in one song, it, the communication wires can get a little cross. So this is an important question to ask. Number nine, the song is not always for others to hear. The song is not always for others to hear. You know, I've written many, many, many songs, probably more songs that no one's heard than songs that have been heard that have been released. And that's because spontaneous moments of worship are not always songs for the public. Not every song I'm going to write is going to be for a congregation. And I want to encourage you, if you are a writer listening to this and you're a worship team that are wanting to do more of this, don't fall into the trap of it has to fit this mold. It has to be a song that all the congregation can sing. Not every song that is going to be a download from heaven will be that. Don't limit what God can use it for. Some of you listening to this, you're in worship teams and you're trying to write songs that are congregational and it's just not your gift. You're, you write great songs, but they're for the marketplace. They're for outside the church or they're songs that are ministering to the people. And so I want to encourage you just go with it. Go where the song leads you. Madeline Lengel, who's one of my favorite authors, says in her book, Walking on Water, Reflections on Faith and Art, she says, don't let the work serve you. You serve the work. What a great comment. What a great quote to be spirit led and let what is happening inside of you and being released out of you just to be led by Holy Spirit. Now, when you do this, it's not always going to be for somebody to hear. It is just because the Lord is refining and teaching you. He's trying to teach you what it's like. It could be to release heaven's song. And I always try to keep this as my goal. And that is that it's about the secret place first before it's for the marketplace. And the word marketplace to me in this context doesn't just mean outside of the church, but also for the church, for other people's ears. Sometimes it's not. It's just you and Jesus. It's your little song that you're going to sing together. And you know, for every song of mine that people have heard, there's many more that are personal and don't even translate well to other people, but they're some of my favorite songs. So they're still valuable and important simply because of the connection I had with the Lord as I sang them out. So make sure you ask the question, is this a song just for me or is it for others to hear? Finally, my last idea, have no agenda, just enjoy God. You know, I know we've said this a lot, the focus is about adoring Jesus, not writing songs. <laughs> I, I know we can get caught in this trap. You know, when I had a publishing deal and I was writing songs for companies, record companies, it was all about the song. I had people say to me, can you just write a song like dot, 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 make a hit? And you know, I never could do it. I could never write when that was my focus. It had to be about adoring Jesus. It had to be about giving glory to him. And you know, when you live like this and you have no agenda as you're worshiping him, whether that's in a congregational setting or at home, if nothing spills out, you don't get upset or disappointed because you're just enjoying God. 
And you know, I always approach these times as my prayer time. That's actually what I do. My times of worship are prayer time between me and the Lord. And I'm just enjoying what the Lord wants to dialogue with me. It's not a monologue, remember, it's a dialogue. And if that's just a time where I love on him and I tell him how wonderful he is, it's never lost time, my friends. It's so precious. When my son was a baby and he was little and at the end of the day I would sing him to sleep and kiss his beautiful little cheeks, I was never hoping for something in return. I didn't do it because I wanted something back. I just did it because I loved it. I loved singing to him and comforting him. I did it because I enjoyed it. I love being his mum, you know, and it's the same with the Lord. Let's just love being his kids. We're loving on him and he is loving on us. Now, these 10 ideas They're not meant to sound complicated. They're just some things to spark your imagination. You'll have other ways. You know, none of us are perfect. None of us has all the answers. You're going to have some ideas that I'm going to probably use if you ever share them with me, and I hope you do. This is just some steps to get you started and to grow in your confidence. And you may even notice you're doing some of this unconsciously. The simple message of this podcast today is just enjoy the process enjoy the craft and enjoy the creativity of releasing heaven's song. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun to try this. If you go to my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, you're also going to find some other activations that you can use to really um, steward and foster this in your teams. But just let me end summarizing again these 10 thoughts around prophetic songwriting. Number one, Writing spontaneously means taking what is the overflow of your heart and turning it into a structured song. Number two, this helps us to capture what otherwise would be lost or forgotten. Three, it can help to start with your worship time with a well-known song. Four, record everything. Five, look for hooks and themes. Six, write out the words. Seven, choose the lines that are important. Eight, It can be a song for the people, to the people, or to the Lord. And number nine, it's not always for the public to hear. And finally, number 10, have no agenda, just enjoy it. My friends, my brothers and sisters, I am so excited to hear the songs that you will be releasing on your own, in a team, in your private worship times and your congregational worship times. Be inspired to release what heaven is singing, what heaven is saying and what heaven wants to pour out across your families. And I just decree and declare over you today that that thin place, that open place where heaven and earth meet will just come to you and these beautiful songs will be released that transform atmospheres in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to romawaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality, and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church, and even your nation. And I look forward to sharing with you in the next podcast.
Release the Sound Prophetic Worship Podcast.